1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As the country moves towards shutdown Scottish teams are warned to stop training One Scottish Premiership player is urging his fellow pros To use this time to prepare for life after football And Clyde are hopeful their cup payday against Celtic Can keep them going through these difficult times I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Gordon Diel And somewhere else joining us Thanks to the wonders of modern technology Is Roger Hanna Roger how are you? I'm not too bad. Difficult days ahead, as you see, Gordon. Difficult times for everyone. And at a time when it's very difficult to, to look ahead with any certainty about what's going to happen in Scottish football, it's maybe a time to look back, as you said, at the, the top of the hour. Ten years ago to the day, a fantastic victory for St Mirren. We're looking for calls from St Mirren supporters who remember it, maybe Celtic supporters who remember it. And if anyone can remember, what happened to Rangers that night? I'm sure you'll tell us in due course Gordon DL, you are here We're taking yep. all the necessary precautions You and I have had to travel separately Not allowed to even lower from the same neck of the woods Sad We pulled day. into the car park at the same time Kept away from you I didn't get the, the joys of your Joe Longthorne soundtrack on the way in We were in separate vehicles But we're here and we're ready to try and give people their football fix Well Gordon, I'm going to start with a serious note After 10 plus years of doing Super Scoreboard you usually get days when you're driving in thinking, oh, this is going to be a hard, hard night. You're not looking forward to it. I have missed the listeners. I've missed the show in the sense of them phoning in. I don't care if they're going to slag my nose, my hair, my ability. I'm not bothered. I am delighted to be here. Roger Hanna, what does self-isolation look like? You're going to have to paint the picture. Hugh Keevans has been working from home for the last couple of shows. He was describing in great detail his man cave. He's got his little rack of white and blue collared shirts lined up behind him so that he's good to go. Uh, what sort of surroundings are you dealing with this evening? Um, I am in the living room I have to say We've been, I've been working from home since I think a week past on Friday um, Trying to help produce the Scottish sun each day Difficult from a laptop and often in the kitchen table or the dining room table We're now working with an iPad And as you say, the wonders of modern technology We can communicate with yourself and guys we can, we can help get the show out And at a time when I think everyone's feeling a bit low Feeling a bit down, they're self-isolation They're in quarantine they're, they, they can't get out and about, hopefully We'll be able to raise spirits for a couple of hours Roger, I've got to say I thought that I was going to do the show Like you from my house But uh, I was okay to come in tonight And I had it all planned Because I was going to up my bath nights And I thought it would have been a great show Lying in the bath Listening and talking away Fantastic <laughs> And I hope you enjoy it We always talk about what we're going to have for dinner We'll probably hear yours tonight <laughs> they were very worried about you doing the show from the past times because you always get FaceTime mixed up with the other buttons and <laughs> it was just too much of a risk for Gordon and I Honestly, that's the least of my worries He's been in here already talking about how he's got his home 
gym equipment sorted Roger He lives in a flat of course So he had the great difficulty getting it up the stairs uh, But he's now got it in And most worryingly of all He tells me that he's found an old mirror A full length mirror that he's got And he's planning to work out in front of it uh, In the days and months that lie ahead And he even uh, floated the possibility And I appreciate I run the risk of putting people off their dinner here But, uh, but he floated the possibility <laughs> That he might, he might not have to, to wear his usual you know, gym gear Because he's, he's in on his own So a frightening thought to kick us off It is a worry I, th- I think that was a mirror he had in the ceiling In his last flat And it didn't quite fit this time So it's now He tells me it's now up against the wall And he's he was telling me Three flights with all those weights today That, that was a workout Before he even got the weights in the house Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to talk to us tonight We would love to have you We know these are really difficult times It's getting more difficult As the days go on As the measures get stricter More of you are without work Without hobbies Without visits To your friends And family So I know we can only play A really really small part In making up for some of that But we like to think We we can try and make Somewhat of a difference And we'd love for you to join us And just talk football And try and have a bit of good fun Along the way So 01419511025 And on Twitter At Clyde SSB Now Roger As you and Gordon Well well know um, Because we've got no Football, no live football if you like to talk about Something that's formed a real feature of the show in recent times Has been to take a look at famous or infamous incidents from Scottish football On this day in years gone by And I couldn't help but notice that today Not only is it the anniversary But it's the 10 year anniversary of St Mirren 4 Celtic nil, The game which spelled the end for Tony Mowbray And it got me thinking, as always What's the defeat that still haunts you? That goes out to every single one of you Fans of all clubs It can be You know a cup final A league decider But maybe something a bit more Specific Something just in the middle of a season Maybe it was a significant one That spelled the end For for a manager Or for players Or whatever it may be What's the defeat that still haunts you Years on 01419511025 We couldn't get by Without looking back on that one tonight Roger no, and before Daz jumps in, I have to say, Mark Wilson was only at fault for three of them, not all four that night. It, it was quite an incredible night. I, t- I touched on what happened to Rangers that night. It's forgotten in the mists of time. Rangers lost a Scottish Cup quarter-final to Dundee United at Tannadice. A golden injury time by David Robertson. Rangers were tracing a treble, and David Robertson's goal ended the hopes of Walter Smith's team getting a treble. And no one remembers it, because all the headlines came from St Mirren Park, St Mirren 4, Celtic nil. Andy Dorman got a couple, Stephen Thompson got a couple, Tony Mowbray left the next day, and it, it just it always struck me as remarkable that you know, the Rangers defeat, and the fact it cost them the treble last season, no one remembers it. Yeah, like I say, that's just the catalyst. I'm not going to spend hours or, or two hours talking about St Mirren 4, Celtic nil, but it is the catalyst to ask you, what's the defeat that still haunts you? What are your most, are your infamous, famous defeats, whatever you want to call them? Let us know on the phones or on Twitter, 01419511025. And Celtic fans, St Mirren fans, what do you remember about that night, good or bad? Tell us everything that you can remember, a real trip down memory lane, 01419511025. 1025 We are on Twitter as well uh, And Fraser Mortimer Got in touch with me earlier And he said oh, No, no offence to Roger of course But he says I wish this was Thursday night Because he's referencing That 4-0 game And he says I would love to hear Gaw That's you Gordon yeah. DL Having a dig At Bungle Which is, is Mark Wilson As we found out But the great thing is The first caller tonight Is Mark in Cumbernauld Mark how are you? 
How's it going, fellas? Oh, I thought that was going to be Bungle. <laughs> <laughs> Do you love next to you in this 10 year anniversary? <laughs> when I phoned Mark earlier on, I said, We'll get you on the show 10 years to the day. I know Gordon would love the opportunity to wind you up about it. And he said, oh, Thanks for reminding me. But good that he's on. He's going to shape Mark on a serious note. Just That's how. Sarah Wilson. Of course, it is. No way. As is me, go. <laughs> That's no Mark Wilson. This is I. I do sound different than a telephone. But listen, you played differently on the pitch (laughs) I actually thought that was a wind-up I'm saying do you live near him? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, it's going to be a tough show tonight folks Uh, On a a serious note Mark How how do you look back on on a night like that When it has such serious consequences for You know, a manager and for the club going forward That must have been one of the, the most sort of surreal Nights of your Celtic career Aye I was I I mean If I'm being honest Things were building up To something Something bad anyway um, Results haven't been great the, You know The crowd had You know More or less Seen enough at that time um, The players There was There was a look at defeat About the players um, Run about that time Which should never be the case For a Celtic team And We went in there that night And we were we were awful. If you look at the, if you look at the, the starting eleven, we had, you know, some good players in there. Uh, you know, Robbie Keane and Samaras and McGeady played, and you had Edson Braffy that left back who went on to play in a World Cup final. You know, so Keyshawn Young who played, you know, many years in the Premiership. So a good side, but I just epitomised everything that was going wrong at the club at that time, and to lose a goal, I think it was close to half time. Um, was a disaster. <laughs> when you see some of the goals we lost after that, it was they were awful. Did they come down your end, your side? By, by the way, yeah, did, did By the come way, scored too, and I think he was playing left mid that night. So. <laughs> I was, uh, I was in about the mixed as anyway for a couple of them. That doesn't surprise me. And it is a defeat that then obviously costs. Tony Mowbray's job Mark Explain the, the sort of Timeline of that You know what, what it was like In the dressing room after Did you know that was coming How does it play out Over the following Day or two No I mean I remember uh, Things were in total disarray And I mean Not even after the game I, I remember Probably about the 75th minute Or something like that I, I think they, they put on Tony put on an attacking sub And he moved Aidan McGeady To, to somewhere Form on the pit of Left back or something like that And I'm standing on the Touchline as a right back Kind of having a not an argument, but a discussion in Mark Venus saying what's going on here, where, where are we play, what shape are we playing, and it was all falling apart. Then went in the dressing room, very little said after the game. You know, everybody obviously hugely disappointed. No much said. Um, back to the ground, some supporters were there waiting for us. You know, vented their anger like you'd expect them to. And we were in training the next day. Walked into Lennox Town the next day, and there was a, a notice on the the dressing room door saying there was a meeting at eleven o'clock. Um, and we usually started training at 11 o'clock So had the meeting Manager came in And he was up for the fight You know he says it was a, a terrible result We let ourselves down Let the fans down This that and the next thing And we needed to stick together To, to pull through And uh, you know No joking about it When I left the training ground He was still the manager And uh, Peter Lawwell was on his way in And by the time I got back to Cumbernauld It was, it was that quick he was, he was away So very quick we left that training ground at Lennox Town thinking Tony would still carry on and would still be uh, would still uh, you know would still be playing under him um, 
and it, that changed very, very quickly. I think it was the next day Neil Lennon was appointed the, the interim. Uh, and Roger Hanna, the rest, as they say, is history. That kicks off Neil Lennon's successful relationship with Celtic in a managerial capacity. Yeah, and listen, there's a story Mark can probably tell you the truth of this. After the training, I think Peter Grant was involved in the backroom team, wasn't it, at the time, Mark? Yeah, and, yeah, that's and right. Peter, being a Celtic man, died in the will, knew the consequences of, of a 4-0 defeat to St Mirren, and he was in clearing out his locker. And Mark Dennis, the number two, came in and said, Peter, what are you doing? We're, you know, we've just trained the boys and everything's fine. And Peter said, no, no, it isn't. this is it. We're finished, I know, we're done. And Mark Venus disagreed with him. And within a matter of a few minutes, as you say, Peter Lowell was there and Peter Grant was proved correct. There we go. We'll thank Mark and Cumbernauld. We'll see you on Thursday. Cheers, guys. Have a good show. Uh, looking forward to Bungle. Judge <laughs> Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> that was Mark Wilson joining us on the line Like I say, that's just the catalyst for tonight's discussion It's the 10 year anniversary of Celtic 4 uh, Celtic, St Mirren 4, Celtic nil, I should say In Paisley So we're asking you What are the defeats that still stay with you? The defeats that still haunt you? The defeats that still annoy you? And they might not even be the obvious ones It might not be the ones that cost you the title It might not be the ones uh, that cost you a cup win But maybe for some reason The nature of the defeat Maybe it was a heavy scoreline Anything you want You tell us the detail What are the defeats That still live with you Five years on Ten years on Maybe even twenty years on Let us know On the phones Gordon what would be Oh I've got a couple Because I'll, Let's I'll, I'll make it more of a challenge for you Skip by the obvious ones right Because we always wind you up The 7 no one And, and the, the 5 yeah. against Rangers But ultimately they were 5 Never lost 5 The 4 sorry My apologies Yeah that was cup final yeah. um, But they, they were successful to get there in yeah, the first place yeah. So you know I'm, I'm thinking maybe No no I've got one It always stands out for me Gordon Is the Scottish Cup quarter final At Inverness It always stands out I can still see myself Looking in the mirror In that dressing room Sorting my tie Thinking Yeah you're looking okay here What are we going to get In the next round We were 3-0 up Absolutely cruising At half time Half time Cruising My team talk was Fantastic Inspiring Everything about it had the boys really pumped right up for it. We lost 4-3. <laughs> and I had to get a police escort. I was the only person, I think, to get a police escort out of Inverness. I had to get the police to take me to the team bus because uh, Air United fans were not pleased at all. And uh, that was the longest journey I've ever had in football. Never has fault, Roger. No, no, never has fault at all. Um, to be fair, he had more good cup wins than cup defeats. You know, I can remember that as a, a 4-3 over your beloved mother while at Fir Park when I know you had divided loyalties that day. I think Glenn Hurst and Neil Tarrant scored goals oh, that day. That was a, a great win. Classic, but, yes. uh, if we're throwing it open, the one, the one that still grates for me, Scotland nil, Italy won, oh, 2007. It was, a, it was a qualifier. We thought we were getting to Euro 2008. Dreadful decision. Alan Hutton wrongly penalised when the free kick should have gone in his favour. Ball in the box, Christian Pinucci header, and we didn't make it. Right, let's get the calls in. We're here until 8 o'clock, so let's build up as many of your opinions, thoughts, memories as we can. The defeats that still live with you. The reason we ask, though, is the 10-year anniversary of that game in Paisley. St Mirren 4, Celtic nil, and Tony Mowbray paid the price the following day. Let's speak to Frank in Paisley, though. He is a St Mirren fan. Uh, you must have been there, Frank. It's one of the most famous nights for your club in, in recent times. Hi. Hi, Frank. Hi, yeah. Uh, uh, season ticket holder, 
for St Myrne. Uh, it was my son's 16th birthday and uh, decided that uh, it would be better to spend the day and the night with him. Uh, oh, so no. I missed it. Oh, no. Not at the game. <laughs> He's not at the game. I sit, I'm sitting in the living room watching it. We had friends over, uh, having a wee tea and things like that. And um, I, I, uh, we had friends over having a wee tea and basically uh, sitting watching it on the, the TV. Couldn't believe it. And, did, uh, and does it feel, did it feel awkward resenting your 16-year-old son on his birthday? Um, well, he's obviously he turns 26 today, so. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, of course he uh, does. Oh. <laughs> yeah, aye. Um, he, he's never he's never lived it down. Uh, uh, but all my friends at the football obviously remind me of it every year. I mean, that's the thing, Gordon. You can watch it on the telly, you're having your tea, your birthday cake, but it's just not the same. As soon as they go start raining in, you're thinking, what have I done? Yeah, got to be. The way. Well, listen, we were in the same boat. But. How long ago? Three, four weeks, Gordon, on our way to Fur Park and the the cup against St. Man. And it was four one at half time. And I because of, only because of my hip decided that I couldn't get there, you packed it in. You actually drove up to Fur Park and then deserted the team uh when they needed mm. you. And we were sitting actually texting each other, going, Can't believe this. And I could hear because I had the window and I could hear the roars and it went back to extra time and but unfortunately we still lost. There we go. Well, Frank, you've got the, the happy memory of watching it on TV anyway. That was Frank and Paisley kicking us off tonight. 01419511025. We're gonna get travel, then we're gonna get stuck right in to all your calls, all your tweets. What is the defeat that still haunts you, still lives with you? And the more obscure the better. The cup final ones, the league deciders, they're obvious and they're fine. We'll take them as well. But what about those other random ones that for some reason you just can't get over? 01419511025 and we'll speak to you next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL is here. Roger Hanna joins us from his living room as well. Everything's still okay. You've not been kicked out because the soaps are starting. The dinner's not causing you too much grief in the background. Everything okay? No, no, everything's okay so far. I think the rest of the family are running scared of getting a row from Daz. Quite right, good stuff, he'll yeah. keep them in line I'm sure <laughs> We are on Twitter tonight as well as the phones And we're asking you fans of all clubs what's the, What are the defeats that still annoy you years on? It can be the, the obvious ones, cup finals, league deciders, relegation deciders Or maybe just a random mid-season hammering of a team that you should never have lost to What are the defeats that still haunt you? The reason we ask is 10 years to the day Since St Mirren beat Celtic 4-0 and it spelled the end for Tony Mowbray uh, So give us your thoughts on Twitter or on the phones We've got loads coming in on Twitter as you would expect Let's just uh, get a flavour of them Jim McLaughlin says only one candidate Thursday night, Tanadai, 16th of May 1996 Owen Coyle scores the winner in extra time And the Jags are down and nearly out of business one season later We were staying up with 20 seconds to go as well Ruined football for years he says You'll remember that Roger Yes, I, I certainly do. Now, there seemed to be a series of games around that time between Dundee United and Partick Thistle. You know, tremendous pictures, always on a knife edge, always exciting. But yeah, I remember that one well. Uh, loads on Twitter, like I say, Linton Dawson, 1972 European Cup semi-final, Inter Milan, 0-0, goes to penalties, Dixie misses the first penalty, everyone else scores and we're out. I was 16 and had been saving to go to the final. The next day, went into Hepworth's Taylors and bought new clobber. There we go. Oh, there we go. Every, every cloud. I remember that one. I remember the penalty kick. It's still coming down as we speak. 
Uh, and Mikey says it's not even a defeat But the one that haunts me Pedro Cachinha's last game at Rangers Daniel Kandias misses a late penalty to make it 2-0 Kilmarnock got the park Make it 1-1 He leaves the next day Could have been very different If the penalty had gone in Let's speak to Gary and Shettleston What's the defeat that still annoys you Gary? The one that haunts you all these years later? Well years later on I got in jail Love this one Go on Scott Gary <laughs> Oh Scott McDonald <laughs> Oh no! Sorry, sorry, Gar. I'm, I was going down a different path there. Um, I actually thought you were going to mention the '94. Nah, one. no one, no one mentions it. Everyone's no. forgotten about that Every, one. Everybody hasn't forgotten Heli- about Heli- that because I keep reminding them of that. Helicopter Sunday, as it became to be known. Gary, where were you? We there? We in TV? What, what, what was no, the... I was in the local pub. My big friend Tony Gallagher. As soon as that saying go, and the two just left the pub. And just went right up the road green <laughs> <laughs> Up the road green That's one way to sum Two up Roger Hanna Two grown men Going up the road crying <laughs> It's funny I, I always seem to be at the wrong game Because we were talking earlier on About St Mirren 4 Celtic nil That night I was at Tannadice Watching Rangers lose to the D United And Helicopter Sunday When all the drama was unfolding At Fur Park Scott McDonald was scoring those two against Celtic, I was actually covering Hibernia and now Rangers won at Easter Road and trying desperately to work out what on earth was going on. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I was obviously there at Fir Park, but the home end was full of, of Celtic fans that day as well, Gordon, because they obviously wanted to, to be there for the title party. Loads of them had managed to get in. Um, so it, it was just weird. You know, you had pockets of the home end that were absolutely distraught, you know, when, when Scott McDonald pops up with those two goals and it's funny that, that Gary mentions it You know at a time when we're robbed And I, I've, it's completely different this season Because Celtic had a healthy lead But we're robbed of any sort of climax to the season That was the ultimate really That we've, we've had in recent times Yeah because I, th- I think everyone Really thought that Celtic had it in the bag uh, Gone, And it happened to be An ex-Celtic player A very good one Good goal scorer uh, Got the goals No went on to play for Celtic, Celtic you mean. Yeah, yeah went on to play for Celtic uh, That got the goals and uh, it was a extraordinary day that you know I, everybody, as I say, thought Celtic had it wrapped up, and uh, it just shows you it's never over until uh, the fat lady sings. If you remember a couple of years earlier, Daz, the, the sort of shootout Sunday, Celtic won four 0 at Kilmarnock, Rangers won six one against Infirmary mm-hmm. at Ibrox to pinch you by a goal, and then there was that two thousand and eight, the, the mad year when Rangers went to the UEFA Cup final. The, the, the year when sporting integrity came into the lexicon of Scottish football uh, Celtic won the league on a Thursday night at Tannadice I think Jan Venegar of Heselink may have scored the clinching goal Rangers were losing to Aberdeen up at Petaudry Celtic won it you know, amid crazy scenes on Tayside And that was the third time in five or six seasons it had gone down to that dramatic last day Is that the type of defeat, Gary, that... T- well, I mean, you're saying it still sort of haunts you, it still annoys you Is that the type that at the time takes... Days to get over weeks I don't know what What is it like Are you able to Kind of park that stuff And move on Or was it still Absolutely bugging The life out of you No That's That was me Nevertheless Till the Till the summer But the football Started back again That's how bad that was <laughs> Summer holidays Completely <laughs> ruined. ruined Gary laying the beach Every day With his face tripping From May onwards That's listen, That's what football Does to you yeah. That's why we're missing it and uh, that's why we're just trying our best to take a bit of a trip down memory lane. So anything you've got, fans of all teams, what's the defeat that still really annoys you? I'm definitely on the lookout for some more obscure ones here because I mean, Gary, it's a great example, but it's quite a, it's quite a what's the one a memorable one? I'm looking for these bizarre ones, you know, just a 
3-0 defeat against your closest rivals It should never have happened And it might not even have meant anything in the big picture But it really annoys now, you you're a, you're, you're a big fan of football obviously uh, Big Motherwell support as well, no? Have you got anything that stands out there for you? Albion Rovers In the Scottish Cup At Hamilton Oh, that's, yeah But yeah. I was working So you've got that I was you know, very professional at the yeah, time yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't, get, wouldn't get too disappointed It's after it But that was a very good and successful Stuart McCall what? team In the Premiership mm. That then get put out of the cup Lanarkshire Derby Rovers. So yeah. that would be Yeah that was not That was Gary not Phillips, ideal the goal scorer Yes Everyone's famous for 15 minutes That was Gary <laughs> Phillips 15 minutes And, and quite a, a fantastic win for Albion Rovers Not even a home win Because you say it was neutral territory that day yeah. And it was just it was just part of a spell You'll be able to tell me better Gordon Motherwell just couldn't win in plastic surfaces Around that time could they? And also there was, Someone would need to, to remind me But I think Such as the the hard-working individual that I am. I mm. think I had been working at a lunchtime kickoff somewhere, and then, then and then came to to do a second game in the afternoon. That's why you've reached the top. You you've put the hours in. You put the you've put the graft in. Let me tell you, if you're it, a bit like me. Is this what you consider the top in here with you yeah. on a Tuesday yeah. night? And wow. Hannah sitting with his steak pie and potatoes <laughs> uh, uh, as we speak. Yeah, there we go. Um, well, funnily enough, Hayden's on next. He's a Motherwell fan from Paisley. The defeats that you just can't get over, Hayden. Uh, hi, guys. How you doing? Good, uh, just before I go any further, I just want to say, I know it must be pretty hard for, for you now um, with the lack of football coming up with things to talk about, but it really is great having sort of the normality of being able to listen to the show, so... I just want to say thanks guys You're doing a good job Hayden really appreciate uh, you even saying that Because that, that's it in a nutshell we, we, it's, we can't promise that it's going to be The same as it always is And Roger's not here And we're trying our best Patching it together Just to try and bring a bit of normality So thanks a lot for, for acknowledging it We don't need the acknowledgement But it's kind of you anyway What was your um, what was your defeat that still loves we? Yeah so um, as you know I'm a Motherwell fan And um, I just missed out So I was just too young to go to the 91 Cup final um, so the four cup finals that I've been in my lifetime um, We've scored one goal and conceded 12 <laughs> So yeah, pretty much it's a collective um, nightmare for me But uh, the worst one was obviously the, the first one The week cup final against Rangers um, It was the first time I had really been to a, such a big occasion game I was amazed when I went into the stadium and seen all the build up and It wasn't fireworks back then It was the things that blow hot air and all that um, And then after a bit was it Seven minutes or something Was it Bert Cornerman Scored an absolute screamer From about 40 yards out Oh I and, uh, that, yeah, goal, that was yeah. That was That was heartbreaking man That was <laughs> Yeah <laughs> I, I didn't get any better Unfortunately I can sympathise with Hayden Because uh, um, We must be of a similar age And He's right That was just <laughs> That was so deflating Early on That was the Davy Cooper final though, That Alex was was talking mm. about Last night um, I'll be honest Do you want to know Which cup final defeat Annoys me the most it's the one that Mark Wilson claims that he scored in Oh yeah, the so, own goal So that's come to annoy me more Hayden's right, that probably was the, the most annoying one But mm-hmm. since then, since working with him You know, when, when Celtic beat Motherwell in the Scottish Cup final Was it Craigan? It, it was definitely a Stephen Craigan own yeah. goal And Mark Wilson claims that he scored it Mark and that, Wilson that just claims he cap That just annoys me so and much And he warmed up at Wembley that's, that's his claim I've got a cap and he warmed up Roger, that Hayden sums up the life of a so-called uh, wee team there Because you make it to your cup finals, it's your big day But if you come up against the old firm and form 
there's very little you can do and, and over the last so that'll be Hayden's going back to well, 2005 I think so over the last well, well listen this, this army of Motherwell fans might know better than me <laughs> was Conterman's goal not the semi-final a couple of years earlier 2003 the 4-3 game when Motherwell were absolutely outstanding and should have won the game I think you're right Roger the semi-final mm. and it was too what you call the traditional Celtic end am I right there? No, 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 hold on. Yeah, I because the final, the final was a 5-1 game. Yeah, Morris Ross. Kyriakos Kyriakos not scored a couple. Two, Moros, yeah. who's now at Motherwell, scored a goal as well. Yeah, yeah. We've just been to how many cup finals <laughs> we're getting mixed up here, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hayden, you want to come back in? Yeah, well, I was, I was talking to you. I actually got on on Friday and talk about the, the, the best games that I, was, uh, I can remember because I've been watching them on YouTube for about the past three weeks in a row, the, uh, the playoff final against Rangers. <laughs> to put a bit of a positive note on it. But yeah, that's, that's been keeping me going watching our better performances, I suppose. Now that's the thing, the models of wonder, want, the, the, ah, yeah. the wonders of modern technology. You can, you can dig these things up. Gordon, I'll tell you, if, if people are listening and you look at your football, I went back to the olden days, uh, Sir Matt Busby. Uh, Lanarkshire man um, made his way down at Manchester United. I saw in a film there. I sat and I watched it yesterday. Style of management, the way the players used to train. Um, it was incredible. What a fantastic watch. Yeah, I think you were right, Roger, hey, on the detail. On YouTube tonight? There's only one Motherwell game to watch, really. Motherwell 6, Hibs 6, surely. Very true. Very true mm. indeed. You were right on the detail. That's fine. We can let Hayden off of that. He's obviously trying to. To remove it from his memory Erase it from his memory Which is understandable um, Let's take another one Stevens and Paisley What's the defeat That still haunts you Stephen? Uh, good evening guys Thanks for taking my call uh, We're just talking about Thanks, This Celtic game uh, For 10 years ago uh, I've got a, a flip side of that It's uh, one against Hammerby 1985 uh, We're 1-0 up I think it was Frank McGarvey Scored in the first half And we lost well, We got beat 2-1 uh, We actually lost three goals I think, we, I think one was disallowed uh, in the last three, three, four minutes, uh, they'd scored two goals and put us out of the UEFA Cup. So that was a that was a bit of a stinker for us that night. Roger. Yeah, and I remember the first leg had been in Sweden. Was it not a three-three draw? I think over there, St Mirren had been terrific. I have a feeling maybe Brian Gallagher was among the scorers. I can't quite remember. And it was expected St Mirren would come home and win the game. Frank McGarvey had them ahead from early on, and then two goals in the last five minutes. Completely turned the game in its head. Well, I think the, the Brian Gallagher. Uh, that's I think it's still a record to this day. It's the last person to score a hat trick in European soil, a Scotsman, and a European tie. Is that right? I couldn't aye, even have told aye. you the hat trick. I seem to remember scoring one or two. Yeah. I didn't know he'd get a hat trick. He yeah, got a hat trick. But uh, the, the best of it was myself, my two mates. We'd left the ground with five, six minutes to go, and we flagged the taxi down, getting to the Hackney, and the Hackney driver says, "Unlucky boys." I thought, "What's going on?" He says, uh, he's up, just getting peat. I said, no, we're at one on. He says, no, they've actually scored three goals. One was disallowed, you're out. on, no. Stephen, I hope you learned a harsh lesson there. And I've always said, and I say every supporter, never leave the game early. Stay to the whistle. Then you can just walk down the road. It might have been worse. It might have been worse if I'd stayed and watched the goals, you know. So at least I never seen them. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a great St Mirren team as well. It was a team a couple of years later which would win the Scottish Cup. But uh, you know, prior to the Scottish Cup, I think McGarvey who scored that night left. Steve Clark wasn't the St Mirren team that night. I think they lost to Hammerby because he famously yeah. talks about having a chance to go to Chelsea. Obviously, grasped the chance to go to Chelsea. The downside was just not long after he left, St Mirren won the Scottish Cup. That's, that's correct, yeah, 87, yeah. 
Anyway, that was my point, guys. So uh, thanks for taking the call. Thank you. Stephen and Paisley, thanks so much for getting in touch. Loads of people uh, trying to give us a call or tweet tonight, which is great. I know everyone's um, a bit all over the place, maybe even a bit down given what's going on at the moment. So just a trip down memory lane uh, to try and get the, the imagination going, brighten things up a bit. Scott Mitchell's got... He's gone recent Scott's gone very recently He mm-hmm. says Sam Cosgrove against Dumbarton When he dived inside the box To score a penalty In this year's Scottish Cup That was only a couple of months ago uh, So Scott's not Scott's not letting it go Hashtag Jim Duffy Yeah we'll speak to him Duff. tomorrow night yeah. uh, See what you think Scott Vaines has got a good one Roger He says Worst one losing 3-0 to AR In the Cup in 98 When Andy Walker scored oh. that penalty Says Scott on Twitter I was actually at that game covering it. One of the more remarkable penalties you've ever seen. It was just sheer impudence. I think we're Kilmarnock, no, Kilmarnock lost back-to-back years. I think Kilmarnock were holders, 97. Mm. And then they lost to air of a feeling they might have lost 2-0. And then, would you believe, the next year, they were drawn again against air at Somerset Park. And this time, they lost 3-0. Andy scored the penalty. I think he might have scored from open play as well. I think Andy Lyons was Andy Lyons still there when you were your manager does? Uh if if you recall the, all those games, I'm trying to think who the manager was because he gets so much praise. Yeah. I played Kamarnock, Premier League team three times, never lost a goal. Who, who was it? Put us out on misery, we can't possibly it was, imagine. It was Andy Lyons that scored the other goal for you yeah, though, was it not? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I rem- I remember Kamarnock turning up that day and they came in and they were a bit uh, confident, let's say. And uh, 2-0 down I never ever watched penalty kicks Even at 2-0 Very confident that we were going to win the game And obviously Andy scored And I never knew What he'd done before So you he know, did, he did, for, for anyone who didn't see it oh, He dinked it didn't he Did the yeah, oh, Penenka right yeah, And you yeah, didn't see it I didn't see it until I watched it on the TV <laughs> Later on at night 01419511025 We're going to speak to Sharon in Tollcross It is the 10 year anniversary of St Mirren 4 Celtic nil. It spelled the end for Tony Mowbray And it just got us thinking What's the defeat that still annoys you to this day Let us know and we could be speaking to you next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com Roger Hanna is here in voice He's not he's not present in the building mm. But he's here nevertheless Gordon DL very much here We've had to keep an eye on him after last week As you can imagine there's lots of cleaning equipment around the studio Quite rightly so Trying to keep everyone safe um, But I did just look over your shoulder And I spotted the bottle of industrial strength mic cleaner the that, empty you, bottle, that, you mean. that you were using on your hands last <laughs> Thursday um, It's not to be used on the skin But you applied it every 10 minutes yeah. for the full show mm-hmm. And then we discovered Someone actually tweeted in earlier Forgive me for, for losing it And not Remembering who it was But they wanted to know If you've grown any extra fingers After No I've not grown I can't hold a pen That's the problem <laughs> uh, That was a bad night I've got to say Thursday was a bad night uh, I called Someone Edward um, What else did I Achieve did you, did you happen to catch this Roger Hanna uh, Well listen he, he does this thing Every week So when he makes little mistakes Like that It now just kind of Rolls yeah, over me I have I to say had, uh, It was one after the other Ed, I think it was Edward From Renfrew I yeah. think Phoned in And he just went into autopilot And I caught And he didn't even realise He was doing it He started calling him Eduard <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, we had Bungle phoning in tonight. It could have been Edward. Then you had your Barry Bannon incident. Bar- you yeah, had the Barry hand washing ba- it. So uh, yeah, Barry Bannon was a a poor one for me. I must admit, we're not taking the health and. There's going to be a Christmas outtakes. Tape, I think that needs to be compiled by Andy, the producer, Gordon. Yeah, it'd just be Gordon alone. I think um, that's why I must admit, when I heard that you know Hugh, Hugh Keevens working from home, I thought, right, technology aside, that will be fine. Roger Hanna's working from home, fine. If the day comes when you need to do it from home, I'll, I'll be worried because I, I can't trust you. I don't think the concentration Why? levels will be there. You'll be doing something else. I'll be in the bath. You'll be, you'll be googling <laughs> the full time teaser. I, I just, it's, it's oh, got me worried already. I've got to say, if I'm at home like Roger and that full time teaser, if he's not getting that full time teaser tonight, he's in trouble. Get right onto the iPad, Google up, fire a few texts into me, Roger. And we'll sort it out John Smith, no more Back to the phones 01419511025 The defeats that still annoy you to this day Sharon and Tollcross What would you put in that category? Hi, I've got two I've got one for my club And one for my country Go for it The, the one for my club was my birthday And I was convinced we were winning it We were in Seville oh. and, it, and I was at Cumbernauld Theatre Watching it on the champagne And I was up kissing the screen When the hen scored his second goal <laughs> <laughs> And I get my eyes out for two days after it. <laughs> and my one for my country is Italy at Hamden. I thought we were, you know, we were in the group of death and I thought we were doing it. We were in extra time. It was time to go. We were going to the Euros and at the expense of one of the biggest teams in the world. And then they cheated. And I, and I get my eyes out that night, I know. There's a lot of crying going on here, Sharon. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not in, I'm that, that Oh, that's the two nights that broke me to my tears. Like, tears with that body, two nights. You don't, you don't sound a happy girl, Sean. Well, I'm normally quite happy. I'm normally, even if I, especially with Scotland, if we get, if I'm one of them up at the Tribal Harvest. Uh, but that night, and what we were doing that night, you know, going through the group of deaths was just, I was up there and then, you know, within seconds it was gone. <laughs> yeah, that, was a, that was a sore one. There's always something about extra about it, Roger, as well, because as Sharon mentions, in both of them, the thing that would that would sort of tie those two together, if you were a Celtic fan and if you were a Scotland fan, the opposition would have been absolutely doing your nothing at the, the certain things that went on in the game. Sometimes, I mean, we'd Hayden the Motherwell fan on, you turn up to a cup final or a big game If you're beaten fair and square by a far superior team You kind of take it in the chin But when there's that extra bit of needle involved It <laughs> makes it harder to get over Yeah, there, there, there was a sort of cynicism about that Porto team in Seville Back in 2003 And, and we can look back now 17 years on And see that same cynicism has, has been through every Jose Mourinho team but, but at that time, Jose Mourinho was just a young coach Making his way in the game very few people knew anything about him and we didn't know how you know he was going to put his teams out in years to come but you know Celtic they say it's the hope that kills you and, and all the way through that run to Seville in the final itself there was so much hope for Martin O'Neill's team you know they beat Blackburn away they they won at Anfield they, they beat the likes of Stuttgart even in the semi-final having drawn at home with Boavista they got that late winner when Henry Larson scored in Porto to go through and, and it almost seemed written in the stars they were going to win particularly when Larson scored the two goals in Seville and then it's so cool Sharon says you know, the, the Celtic supporters felt it so deeply just because of of the dramatic nature and the kind of cynical way Porto performed. 
So was that on on your actual birthday, Sharon, or was that a birthday celebration? It was on my actual, was on my actual birthday, and I was on the champagne before the whole afternoon. <laughs> so, you, so basically, you think about it every year. You can't shake it. Oh, I every time it's my birthday, I think about that. It's just uh, it's just horrible. I mean, I was mega proud of them, but even the interview with Henry after it, and he, he held his medal, and he went, "I didn't come here for that." <laughs> Sounding happy news, Sharon. That, but that's that's football. That's yeah. what it does. To, it ruins your birthday forevermore if a result doesn't go your way. Thank you very much to Sharon in Tollcross. You look confused. What's wrong with you? No, I'm just thinking just of your normal uh, face. I'm just thinking of any football matches that's ever ruined my birthday. And I've had a few birthdays. Um, I'm not getting any at all. All right. Well, that's. I think that's a that's a very niche topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Uh, five weeks into the the shutdown, we might need that. So note that one down. I've got. I've got. And, a, uh, I've got an old pack. <laughs> we'll see how we get on. Tom and Cumbernauld, as a Rangers fan, Tom, what are the ones that the defeat that that really just annoys you still to this day? The one that bugs the life out of you. Can you pick one? Well, first of all, you uh, good evening, Roger. They uh, got the lightning, Gordon, and yourself. The and thanks for doing a fantastic job when there's, there's no football at the moment because I'm missing that quite badly. Nah, no problem, Tom. Because of the coronavirus. But also, uh, my, my two worst defeats, as I, I would say, also as a Rangers fan, the 5-1 defeats before Stephen Jenner came in, particularly the, the first one when <clears throat> Matt Warburton was in charge. And I think the, the Rangers fans were looking forward to a, a victory again they went in pear-shaped. But also, I think my most memorable one would be the Ian Durant Cup final when they played Aberdeen. I think it was three each. It was a tremendous game. And that's my most memorable yeah. cup final. Let's, let's start, start take them in order. Uh, Roger, that run that, that, you know, that Celtic went on against Rangers when they became... The head-to-heads were, were mismatches at times. And you can understand why, as a Rangers fan, Tom would be... Hugely annoyed at that, and, and sort of look back on it, or, or you know, un, unable to shake it off because it's one thing losing a game, but when you're losing that game to your ultimate rival so heavily, it, it must have been extremely well brilliant for one side and, and really difficult for the other. Yeah, I think it was, was there a five-one, a five-nil, and a four-nil, and among it, the four-nil was at the, the semi-final at Hamden that famously ended up with with Graham Murty and Lee Wallace and Kenny Miller in the. Uh, war of words, if you like. Um, I think the five now was it was almost a league clincher for Celtic as well. So p- painful days. Um, you know, even this season a, a completely different type of game. But this season's league cup final pained Rangers fans as well because they played so well. They were superior in the game, and yet somehow just couldn't get past Fraser Forster. The goal was scored by Christopher Julian and, and Celtic went away with, I think, what is it, a, a ninth or tenth straight trophy. But going back to the other game, I think Tom mentioned that, you know, pe- people have been talking about the the 3-3 this week because yesterday, of course, tragically the 25th anniversary of the of the, such early passing of David Cooper. David Cooper scored that fantastic free kick in the, the 3-3 game against Aberdeen. Ian Durant scored, as Tom said, Durant also scored the clinching penalty, I think, in the shootout after Peter Nicholas had won, uh, had missed. Uh, Robert Fleck, he sent the game into extra time, scoring really, really late on one of the great cup finals. Yeah, and Gordon, the the one that Tom kicked off with as well, that, that Mark Warburton one, you talk mm-hmm. about maybe, uh, you know, sort of big moments in football as well and, and consequences for, for winners and losers. If you think that was really the the real arrival of Moussa Dembele I think if you go back to 
the day of the game I think was was the big news Not that oh, You know Lee Griffiths is out and oh. He's Celtic's main man And we're going to have to do With this new guy Moussa Dembele Who's not quite hit the ground running yet Hopefully he's up to the fixture I think, I think He goes and knocks on a hat trick And never looks back Yeah I think all the pundits uh, Were asking the same question Gordon what uh, What's Brendan Rodgers thinking about here uh, Griffiths was Bang goals in for fun as well But he always seemed to We always had the debate Every time uh, Celtic played Rangers Rangers played Celtic We always had the debate Who is he going to Because he only plays one striker but I think Who's then I think, it was, I think Griffiths was unavailable I think Yeah But Dembele at that time Just come on the scene And he was At Hattrick Was absolutely terrific It was I think as a Rangers fan then If you were turning up to the games um, You know It wasn't a case of We might get a result today You knew Celtic were going to win these games you knew, uh, you know nowadays it's different. I thought I thought I'd have heard a few Rangers fans on. Not rather than talking about that, the biggest disappointment I think is probably not that long ago was the League Cup final where they the really, Roger mentioned yeah. yeah they really played well they dominated the game they had the greatest chance in the world to win their their first trophy in years and uh, I think that would have been a massive disappointment if I was a Rangers supporter myself. Gordon, thank you, Tom and Cumbernauld. And what did I say about football defeats having us? Sometimes strange impact on the rest of your life Listen to this one To round us off from Shieldsy Shields on Twitter When Leon knocked Celtic out of the Champions League Back in December 2003 I knocked back a free ticket To see Kings of Leon in Brixton Academy Because their name just hurts so much No way Seriously Roger I don't really know where to, where to go from that one You get any Kings of Leon puns that you would like to to throw in there, no, no, I, no, I don't think so. No, I'll, I'll, I'll let that one be a bit before the watershed. So, I, I think that's taking <laughs> things too far. Knocking back tickets for a gig like that just because of the name, no way. I, I take it they're quite good because I'm not a big Kings of Leon or whatever they're called fan. I don't think they're. So I don't. Th- day, Joe Longthorn. I don't think they're up your street, nah. No, no, but now you're more Joe Longthorn. And, I'm a bit um, more, yeah, sort of romantic, slow, you know, nice words, nice letter. Yeah, he's a listening, Roger. You're right, he's a listening, and I will be stocking up in my music over the next coming weeks. Time for this, I think. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football. It is Beat the Pundit time Your chance to win a signed ball I've got a, a new way of advertising it Gordon Because now It's the signed ball that you can do All your home keepy-uppy challenges with During self-isolation If you've run out of toilet roll And you don't want to be booting the Kleenex Up and down the mm-hmm. living room During these difficult times Then try and win a signed ball 01419511025 Call us before the news at 7 And you could be playing Beat the Pundit next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. The form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL is here. Roger Hanna joins us on the show as well. He's working from home, keeping things safe at the moment. We've not lost you during the news or anything, have we, Roger? No, no, definitely not. Still here, waiting to go for the second hour of the show. Crystal clear. I, I laughed earlier and I've lost the tweet, but someone tweeted, very concerned though, of course, to say, oh, Roger Hanna sounds awful. I hope he's okay. But I, I think that's just down to the fact that you're on a slightly different connection rather than the fact that you're ill, yes? Yes, touch wood. I'm fighting right. fit just now. I think Good. it's just the technology, Gordon. I thought, I thought the bungle sounded worse. I didn't even recognise him. Uh, yeah, I think he's fine as well. We'll see him on Thursday. Right, I think it takes us up now to time for this. 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. We do actually have some Scottish football coronavirus breaking news for you that will bring you as soon as we're done with Beat the Pundit. Let's speak to tonight's contestant first though. He is John and he's from East Kilbride. How are you tonight, John? I'm alright, Gordon. Tell the truth, John. Are you only on because you need a signed ball to boot about the house during self-isolation? No, 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 just no. nothing else to do, I'm bored, usual Quite right, that's why we're here John, trying to cure a bit of that boredom So usually I would toss the coin, but just to keep things simple tonight Gordon Dale's going to play, because you're here So I can control you, and Roger Hannah's elsewhere, so you'll play Toss it anyway You want to toss the coin yeah, anyway? Just... Yeah, just to say Right, okay Hold on Hold on, I dropped it that time I bet it's got to be me you think so? Yeah it is as well oh, yes. Tails okay. All the come. best John uh, Right I'm going to give Gordon some Clyde 2 in his ear That way he can't hear What you're saying John I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock You can pass Your time Starts Now Are you ready? Yeah Which former Celtic manager Started his playing career With distillery In Northern Ireland? Neil Lennon Where did Neil McCann Finish his playing career? Dundee which country is former Rangers player Shota Avaladze from? Georgia. How many league goals has Lauren Shanklin scored this season? 25. Who is the current manager of Partick Thistle? Ian McCall. In 2000, which championship team shared Clifton Hill with Albion Rovers? Not a championship team anymore, my apologies. Uh, who were Aberdeen's opponents the last time they won the Scottish Cup in 1990? Celtic. Okay. Uh, let's bring Gordon back Gordon can you hear us? Yeah I can Yep Yep Alright cool. same set of questions to you Great stuff Your time Starts Now Which former Celtic manager Started his playing career In Northern Ireland With distillery? Man Neil Where did Neil McCann Finish his playing career? Oh, uh, pass Which country is former Rangers player Shota Avaladze from? Uh, I, I know that one Pass how many league goals has Lauren Shanklin scored this season? 26 Who is the current manager of Partick Thistle? Ian McCall In 2000, which Scottish team shared Clifton Hill with the Albion Rovers? Uh, Hamilton Ackes Who were Aberdeen's opponents the last time they won the Scottish Cup in 1990? Aberdeen played Inverness Haven't a clue In 1990 Oh, 1990 In the Scottish <laughs> Cup final <laughs> Sorry, 90 <laughs> Did they time travel? Oh, I got that one. Oh, that was a bad one. For he me was there. all over the place, John. You must be feeling confident. He looked. He sounded nervous. I, I think it, I think you got man and you're right. So I don't know how the rest went. Right, okay, it, you know. okay. Which former Celtic manager started his playing career in Northern Ireland with Distillery? It was Martin O'Neill. So yeah. Gordon goes into a one-nil lead. However, John equalises straight away. Neil McCann finished his playing career at Dundee. Three appearances. I was going to say Dundee. Did I get one for that? Uh, no. Which country is former Rangers player shot at Avaladze from? I'm interested in this one because you shouted, I know this one. I know. Pass. Would you care to explain uh, the thought, thought process? I was thinking pass maybe a new country, but it was Avaladze. I, I do know it. I can't believe I don't. I well, can't. You, you don't? Yeah. Where's it start with? It's Georgia. Georgia on my mind. And see if you're in any. And Georgia on my mind. See if you're in any doubt. Just ask John and East Kilbride because he got it. So oh, he goes two, in front. One down, yeah. uh, how many league goals has Lauren Shanklin scored this season? John said twenty-five. It's twenty-four, and there might even be a stewards' inquiry in that one because it's very close. But none of you got twenty-four. Who is the current manager of Partick Thistle? Ian McCall. You both got that. No, no, I'm beat. So John stays in front. In two thousand, which team shared Clifton Hill with Albion Rovers? Would you know that, Roger? I thought it was Hamilton Aggies. Uh, Dumbarton. 
apparently. Was it really? Yeah, I didn't know that myself. Producer Andy's nodding. If no, it's wrong, you just blame him. Never just blame him if, if it's wrong. Yeah, well. No, it was not. Well, there we go. None of you got it anyway. Well, I've got a good chance in the next one. Who were Aberdeen's opponents <laughs> the last time they won the Scottish Cup in 1990? <sighs> when were Inverness Kelly Thistle formed, Roger? 95. Five. Right, so yeah. what's, it wasn't them then? A highly doubtful. No, it was Celtic. It doesn't matter to me And John got it One, two, three, four four For John And only a two for Gordon DL John, the sign ball is on its way I know you played it down But you can kick that sign ball Around your living room Till your heart's content Over the next few weeks Well Well done, done. well done John No problem, Lazo Cheers, John Brilliant That was John in East Kilbride I don't count Explain yourself That was terrible That was really poor It was a bit poor I've got to say But I'm not really counting these ones Gordon Oh is it it null and void At the moment is it Yeah Uh, We'll just decide that Once the season gets up and running again uh, With my results But I'm not really I'm I'm delighted Because I love to give out A wee bit of present There I'm usually miserable With my balls So It's (laughs) nice to just give one out Roger, do you want to pick up on that one before I say something I regret? Hey, I, I nearly fell off the couch. You know? <laughs> I, I just have to advise, John, if you are going to get the ball and kick it about the living room just now, take all the ornaments and the vases out the way first. I've already felt the wrath of Mrs Hannah for such things in the last 10 days. Oh, really? Mm. I, don't, I don't know what, what... Have you been kicking around the living room? Toilet roll? Oh, well, you've, you've got, if you're self-isolating, you've got to entertain yourself. A few indoor games that should maybe be played outdoors. Yeah, that's understandable. Uh, right, we do have some breaking news. Um, it's not not great news, unfortunately. Portsmouth tonight have confirmed that Ross McCrory has tested positive for coronavirus. As you'll know, the Rangers man is currently on loan at Portsmouth, where four other players have also contracted the virus. The squad members have shown mild or no symptoms and are self-isolating, but the news tonight is that Ross McCrory has tested positive. Um, I mean, Roger... Oh, it's cl- that's that's disappointing news. We wish him all the best. We wish him a really speedy recovery. But at the same time, it's maybe maybe it was a matter of time before you know before we heard of of confirmed cases among Scottish footballers because we've been a bit um, light on that so far. And the way things are heading, um, as as disappointing as it is, and as much as we hope he's he's on the mend, maybe there's an element of it being a matter of time. Yeah, I think it was a matter of time. I wish Ross all the very best. Uh, Ross and his brother Robbie, who's now of course on loan at Livy, they're originally from the village of Daly, just along the road from Girvan, where I grew up, so I've always sort of tracked the lad's careers. Um, I hope he has a full and hasty recovery. And, and this is one of the things, Gordon, that I think has been missed when the English Premier League and other leagues are talking about bringing back football at a certain date. How can you do that with any certainty? You know, Mikel Arteta has already been diagnosed, Callum Hudson, Adoy, all these Portsmouth players, various other players have shown symptoms and have had to self-isolate. If we as a country have still to see the peak of this coronavirus outbreak, footballers aren't immune from picking it up. So how on earth can people think football teams are going to get back to playing football when members of those teams are just as likely to contract this disease as any other members of the public. I think it's fanciful to set dates where we might be playing football again. Yeah, that's it, Gordon. And I don't detect too much of this, but maybe this should come as a message to anyone out there who still thinks that we can just play it behind closed doors. We can just resume things and we can play it behind closed doors. How do you do that if the players aren't safe, if uh, the players aren't healthy? Nobody's safe, Gordon. Absolutely nobody's safe. You've just got to... You know, go by the the government rules. Um, follow what the instructions that you're getting. 
And uh, hopefully we'll all get through this uh, As best as we possibly can But you're right Footballers are the same as everyone else They can pick this up And that shows you tonight yeah, and I mean, Portsmouth obviously making that, that public tonight, Roger that There may well be players out there who have got the symptoms and haven't got it confirmed Or other players who have tested positive and have chosen, or their clubs have chosen to, to keep it uh, private I don't really know what, what the process is, I don't think it, I don't know if it really matters But anyway, you know, that's Portsmouth that have announced that tonight yeah, and I think other clubs, both north and south of the border, will be touched with this yet. I think it was the last count, it was five La Liga teams in Spain who had, had players who had tested positive for coronavirus, including five at one team at Valencia. Um, several Serie A stars, including the likes of Paolo Dybala, Juventus have tested positive. So for me, it is not safe to start putting dates when football or any other professional sport can restart. You see the Tokyo Olympics have been postponed Obviously, Euro 2020 has been postponed, and I think you will be looking beyond the summer before we could even look at any professional sport restarting in, in this country and in, in Western Europe. Yeah, I'm about to break one of my own rules here and be an absolute hypocrite because I, I sometimes think that we compare different sports and different situations too readily, and it's very difficult to do that because you know you're dealing sometimes with apples and oranges. However, um, the fact that the Olympics and remind me when that was due to start, Roger. I think July twenty four yeah. was the opening ceremony, and then for three weeks beyond there, and then of course the Paralympics would f- follow on at the end of that. Gordon. Yeah. Now again, granted, it is completely different because you've got different travel challenges, different logistical challenges, people coming from quite literally every corner of the globe and, and converging in one place. However. It, it does clash, Roger, with that notion that, that we might... I mean, bear in mind that the, the only deadline we've got set in stone at the moment in Scotland, I think, is the end of April. Um, and, and then, you know, there was still that hope that, that maybe, um, you know, all domestic fixtures could be rounded off by the end of June and so on. So when you see events the size of the Olympics knocking it on the head, and that wasn't even due to start for a few weeks after that, it, it does make it look like we're only heading in one direction. Yeah, and listen... Ordinarily, you're quite correct not to draw comparisons between different sports, different disciplines. But in this case, the same problems, the same challenges do affect different sports because, you know, in terms of the Olympics, how could they guarantee the athletes in all the different sports would arrive in Tokyo free of coronavirus or would arrive in Tokyo free from an environment that coronavirus was, was still in? And it's the same with football. How, how can anyone in football realistically put a deadline on starting again when no one knows when the players will be fit to play when the fans will be fit to attend and perhaps just as importantly when the NHS and the emergency services will be able to attend these games because for me the NHS and the emergency services are stretched beyond belief at the minute dealing with clinical cases dealing with the coronavirus at the front line they can't be taken off that front line to give cover at football games rugby games or other sports tournaments that's the way it feels at the moment, Gordon. That we're, yeah. and, and I don't hold that against anyone. You know, you, I'm not expecting people to to dive in and 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 make big decisions. But it, it does feel like we're just heading to the dates, just getting pushed further and further I back. Think, doesn't I, it? Gordon, we all love our football. Uh, as I said earlier, um, I was really looking forward to coming in tonight. Um, sometimes you get a hard time from people. It's not about that. It's just about. You know, try to get through this And it's difficult times I'm not even looking at when the next football is going to be played uh, I love watching my football Love being involved in it 
it's all about keeping this country safe, keeping everybody safe as we possibly can. And then once that happens, Rogers is right. Uh, Rogers right. Then we'll look at what is is not important just now. It's football. Yeah, and the thing is, Roger, football can be a hugely important vehicle for, for messages as well. And you've seen it in social media today. You've seen you know message from from Neil Lennon, for instance, to, to the Celtic fans. I know the Scottish FA have been doing a lot, getting the likes of you know John McGinn and, and other players to record messages and and put it on social media to try and get the message across. So if it helps, that's what we're here for as well. Something that's worth bearing in mind. To all of you who are listening out there, and and maybe if you've not quite fully got across, you know what what this virus can be like. Portsmouth have made it quite clear tonight that five members of the squad now have tested positives. All five of them had only mild or no symptoms, but have been self isolating now in, in accordance with government guidelines. So. Just in case you need a wee football example, Roger, to give you a nudge, don't think just because you've not got the symptoms, you're safe to go about and be reckless. The message is fairly clear. I know there's certain industries might be struggling with it at the moment, but it's fairly clear. Stay at home, protect the NHS, save lives. That's the way the statement ends from Portsmouth. Yeah, and listen, it's not fairly clear. It's abundantly clear. The Prime Minister outlined it last night. The First Minister outlined it again today. And all the clubs as well, be it Neil Lennon or Stephen Jenner or Scott Brown or John McGinn or whoever it is. I see Motherwell putting a statement out this morning. The SFA have put statements out. Portsmouth tonight. I'm sure all your clubs have put it out as well. There's you know Ross County as well, I noticed today. It's hugely important that you heed the government advice you quarantine yourself, you stay at home, don't break any of the rules. And the longer we do this, the safer we'll all be and the quicker we'll get over this crisis. Not just the biggest crisis to grip Scottish football in our lifetimes, probably the biggest crisis to grip our country in our lifetimes. Okay, these are strange times indeed. We're trying to just give you a bit of a football fix, but of course there will be times we need to deal with the the serious elements of it as well and maybe even try and get the message across uh, using football as that vehicle as well. So it is strange times. Bear with us. We're just doing our best to try and keep you company because it's going to be tough old times for people um, maybe locked away, not going to work, not seeing their pals, not seeing their family. Uh, So you know it's six o'clock for as long as is possible. Turn us on. And um, get in touch and we can have a bit of fun football memories together. Brendan is a Celtic fan in Carntine at the moment. Hi, Brendan. Hi, guys. How are we doing? Not bad, Brendan. What's on your How mind? Doing? Uh, first of all, best wishes to, to Ross McClory. Hopefully, him and everybody else that's going through this is, makes a speedy recovery. Yeah, well said. Um, the couple, a couple of points. The first thing being on the St Mirren game 10 years ago, um, obviously a terrible, terrible night. I remember sitting watching the telly. Um, but you know, I believe everything happens for a reason and we got Neil Lennon as a manager out of that, you know, and, and Neil's going on to prove what, what he's done. Um with regards to Tony Mowbray, you know, I think at the time when we took him on, he was probably the outstanding candidate, you know, for what he'd done at his previous at West Brom and at Hibs. Um so I don't bear any ill will to Tony Mowbray because my, my memory of Tony Mowbray's not the, the, the short period he was Celtic manager. My memory memory of Tony Mowbray is the way he conducted himself in the and the tragic circumstances he found himself in as a player at Celtic. Um, so, you know, I wish that guy nothing but the best. Um, going on to defeats, which which um, we still sort of like, sort of rankle with you, wasn't, it wasn't a defeat. It was a... <coughs> we actually won the game 4-3 against Juventus, but not not going forward to, which seems a lifetime ago, the second group stage of the Champions League. You know, just that was... You know, a, a euphoric moment to just sort of, you know, to bring you straight back down. And incidentally, guys, 
Um, that game has been shown tonight on BT Sport at half eight. You know, for anybody that wants to sort of get a bit of football after you guys are finished. There we go, Roger. That sums up the, the madness of football because Brendan, um, and I'm twisting his words a little bit, to be fair, um, but the St Mirren loss has almost become a positive for, for Brendan because it was the result that got Neil Lennon and the victory, you know, the, the Juventus. What should have been a high then turns out to be a low. So um, try keeping up with that roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, what I will say is I quite agree with Brendan. Some great archive football on the television these nights when there's no live sport to be going with. Tony Mowbray, it was a strange appointment. I don't think he was the best candidate at the time, if you remember, Brendan. Um, Celtic wanted Owen Coyle, couldn't lure him away from Burnley, who were headed for the English Premier League. They wanted Roberto Martinez, who was fantastic at Swansea at that stage. He ended up going to Wigan in the English Premier League and winning the FA Cup. And I think Tony Mowbray was third choice at the time. For me, he was at West Brom. I don't think at that stage of his managerial career, he was ready for a job the size of Celtic. Um, I actually think 10 years on, he's doing a wonderful job at Blackburn Rovers. And had the season not been brought to a halt, and it was, he might well have got Blackburn Rovers into the promotion playoffs at the top end of that championship, which, given the budget he's working on at the minute, it would have been a phenomenal achievement. So I think Tony Mowbray now would actually have been far better placed to be Celtic manager than Tony Mowbray was 10 or 11 years ago when he got the job. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're right, Roger. I think nothing beats a bit of experience, and I'm sure that you know we've uh, had Steven Gerrard coming up here for his first job, and I'll bet you that if he continues in management, which I think he will, and he looks back in, you know, five, six years' time, you realise things that you would have... You, you would have went about your business a lot differently. Even at my level, when I started out, you think, right, I'm going into management. I remember the first year thinking, well, this is a completely different job. It's so hard. Um, you were taking everything on board. And I was very fortunate to end up being a manager for over 13 years. And you look back and you think... I wish I had that experience in my locker at that time and you're right about Tony Mowbray played against him a few times terrific lad I've got to say but sometimes you've just got to take a step back and that's what happened at Celtic and you're right what a job he's doing at Blackburn just now Brendan and Cantine thanks so much for getting in touch tonight 01419511025 if you want to join Brendan on the lines we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB and you need to get your pen and paper ready because I've got a full-time teaser for you. We're looking for 10 answers tonight. Get the good lady in the, the living room, Roger. There are a few clubs involved. 10 answers, and I'll give you the question next. We're also going to hear from a Premiership footballer who believes that his fellow pros should be using this time to prepare for life after football. We'll hear from him next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Gordon DL and Roger Hanna here keeping you company tonight I'm Gordon Duncan as always trying uh, where possible to give a little bit of a football fix back during these difficult times unfortunately the breaking news tonight is is not good news um, Portsmouth has confirmed that Ross McCrory has tested positive for coronavirus the on-loan Rangers player is amongst a few players um, at Pompey who've got um, the virus at the moment Despite having mild to no symptoms So we obviously wish him well Lots of you getting in touch on Twitter Stacey Mills wishing him a full and speedy recovery Stevie Chalmers good luck to the boy Hope he recovers Trivia Studios all our prayers for a speedy recovery Stay safe everyone uh, That is the message I know this is not exactly where you come to get um, a lecture About the way you should behave But football 
uh, can be an important vehicle for getting messages across. So if we can play any small part in urging you to just be responsible and look after yourself, which will in turn look after others, then we wouldn't hesitate to do that. So Roger and Gordon are here, and it is time for them to tackle tonight's full-time teaser. Um, the chemistry is different, though. I've noticed this. I mean, mm. Hugh Keevans has been working from home. There's not that same. There's not that same teamwork, the eye contact, the mutual understanding. On the mm-hmm. full-time teaser You're going to have to Deal with modern technology And Roger from his living room Yeah well I, I, I've got to say And to the people that are listening And I just feel it's time That you've got to tell the truth Gordon If it's roles reversed I'd be sitting with my iPad now Waiting for that question to come out And I'd be googling But <laughs> knowing Roger Hanna There's absolutely no chance that will happen Roger I think we're going to have to get you To take an oath live on air That you will not cheat on this full time teaser Because I can hear your laptop going in the background So that's that's, that's got me concerned I must admit Can I I just say to you He's telling the truth when he says He wouldn't use his iPad if the roles were reversed Because he phoned me last night Gordon about half past eight (laughs) He was trying to download an app (laughs) And his phone And he couldn't remember his password And he phoned me and asked what his password was <laughs> And we, we ended up with that now, I um, was going to say I, I'll introduce the story And you two can fill it in I didn't want to embarrass you too much But well, why not um, Some things never change um, When the Prime Minister made his announcement last night And this company like many others Tried to put some uh, procedures in place All of the pundits were contacted And they were urged to download a specific app Which would allow them to Potentially broadcast from home Like Roger is doing tonight But you two And you in particular um, (laughs) Made made a bit of a mistake here And what did you do? Almost signed up for Wigan City Council Well Roger and I were going through the the steps One by one And uh, we got the app And obviously I had to ask Roger What my password was Because I'm terrible with that So we eventually got there Gordon Then we get the app up And we're seeing each other on the phone That's that's it That's it We're there And then there's three sort of uh, boxes uh, choices and I says Roger what do we do now and Roger says no he says I'm not going into this he says I'll wait till tomorrow uh, just in case I make a mess of it and then after a little while Alison phoned up found out that we were in the wrong app we were actually in Wiggins Council app so we would have got our bins <laughs> emptied a bit quicker than, than normal but Hannah was involved it's a long run for those council boys for Wigan to come up and lift your bins in Motherwell dance <laughs> I missed mine on Sunday morning as well Raging oh. You know the way I could hear the lorry It woke me up And I thought Oh I need to go out and put them out And just as I ran to the window I could see them Driving out the end of the street And they are full And uh, that's you to next week That's me Stuck <sighs> A victim to that rota as well Don't get me started Anyway right To tonight's full time teaser uh, Eric Duff has sent it in Thanks a lot to Eric And the address you need is Fulltime At Clyde1.com uh, I don't mean to make light of a serious situation, but some of you have got a lot of time in your hands. So why not make up a full-time teaser and send it into the show? I don't think this is anywhere near as difficult as some of your previous Tuesday efforts. So Roger, Hannah, you better not be cheating. And Gordon Dale, I actually think some of these are right up your street as well. Go, go, go. Eric says, can you name the last 10 players to win Motherwell's Player of the Year and have also played for Rangers or Celtic? So can you name the last 10 players to win the Motherwell Player of the Year award and have also played for either Rangers or Celtic? Scott McDonald. Yes. Roger, I'll take one from you. I have to say the late, great fellow Donald. Yes, 1992. Stephen Pearson. No. No? I like Eric's um, research as well. He's very 
Very specific Very particular He says this is according to The Wikipedia page Of Motherwell's Player of the Year Award So there we go What was that one? Tom Boyd's too far back is it? Tom Boyd is correct uh, Stephen Hughes is Stephen, not Stephen Hughes? Nope Right, there, there's, uh, we can hear the la- Roger Can you give us a time Gordon turn, turn how, I think it was going back down. a good few years Yeah it's the last 10 um, Depending how you get on I will reveal the time frame a bit later on Paul Lambert Yeah alright we'll leave it there That's a good start Because you've got 4 of the 10 You can play along with us remember Send us a tweet We're looking for the last 10 players to win Motherwell's Player of the Year award And have also played for either Rangers or Celtic Tom Boyd, Phil O'Donnell, Paul Lambert And Scott McDonald Four down Six to go Easy as that Right You're going to get I, I, I fancy your chances of that one I must admit I don't always I don't always have full faith in you But I do mm. On this one Let's hear a bit from Livingston's Chris Erskine Because he says He believes it's important Players use their time off To build a good platform For life after football Sounds very sensible mm. uh, He's been running Online personal training courses Trying to help people Stay fit when they're in the house uh, And he hopes that They'll help the clients as much as uh, they'll help him I think this period where we've, we've got a wee bit of time off if, if you're ever going to start something Probably now is the time to do it Where you've got that extra bit of, bit of time So it's obviously for me Something I would like to go into after football And it's uncertain times with the football as well we, I mean I'm out of contract in the summer And don't know uh, where I'll be I would love to, to play for the next few years So um, but I think you need to be ready at any time when your football career comes to an end, that you're going to have to do something else. So that was in my head, and now, especially when when footballers have got that uh, wee bit of extra time, that um, they could probably do something about it. I mean, it's going to be hard for all footballers. We're all used to uh, being very active on a on a daily basis and training um, every day, uh, meeting up with the, the group of boys, which is good for your camaraderie and stuff. So. Um, it'll definitely be tough for, for all footballers As it will for, for most of the general public If it if it gets any worse and, and we end up in a kind of lockdown situation So this will definitely help me in terms of that And I think it will help other people as well Even in terms of almost like a community kind of thing I like that Roger I like that amidst these really difficult times The possibility that maybe Just maybe some good can, can come from it How good would it be if we resumed And all of a sudden Our footballers were fluent in different languages Had uh, mastered skills That they previously hadn't even considered yeah, and listen, you hear Chris, we had a feature in the paper the other day with his name, say Chris Miller of Morton, who has, is starting a personal fitness business down in Greenock Way, I think. And it's good that footballers, when, when they get to a certain age, they do look beyond hanging up their boots. Um, we need to have good words for the work of Fraser Wisher, Craig Beattie and everyone else at PFA Scotland, who try and push players um, into, not quite further education, but, but encourage them to... Embrace greater skill sets that will open up new employment opportunities for them After they finish in the game, you know, people in the old days They went into coaching or management or they opened a pub Now players have all manner of different opportunities after the game's finishing And it's good to hear guys like Chris Erskine, like Chris Miller, like so many others Who already, while still playing at a high level in the game in Scotland Are already looking beyond that and planning for the for the rest of their lives. Which reminds me, how's the vlog coming along? You said you were thinking about getting the lycra on, yeah. setting up the bike, maybe doing a, a peloton style yeah. um, spin class from from the living room. How, any further uh, forward? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm getting there, Gordon. Yeah. I'm getting my wee gym all set up, and uh, I'll be coming soon. And uh, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it. 
That's, it's, that's what it's all about Everybody's looking forward to it, believe me Yeah, yeah. I just need to know how to set it up really That's uh, a good starting point But I'll tell you what, Roger Hanna is my hero No, Roger, I am not impressed with you Do you, you realise what you've just done, Roger? You've spoiled what I what thought I, You've spoiled what I thought was guaranteed fun Towards the end of the show, tell him When you were talking about our PFA Fraser Wisher Who was a Hero at Motherwell Won the player of the year And played with Rangers reserves He's right I'm afraid He's right Roger I thought it was nailed on I oh, thought I'd you never two would, got it I thought, never I got thought it. you two would have See, Missed it out And at the end I would have Dined out on it For at least 30 seconds At the end of the show Well it doesn't need to be That eye contact Or the well intuition done, does. Even for all these miles apart We can feed each other answers Brilliant. What about you Roger I mean Gordon's going to th- uh, Vlog with his Lycra on are you, are you thinking about Taking up any Any new hobbies Learning any new skills A bit of cookery A bit of DIY Languages um, I'm not too sure am I? I'm reasonably busy During the day We are actually home Working um, but uh, the, the keeping fit aspect of it, of get, I was, Daz was very jealous when I told him about the treadmill in the back room. So oh, a bit of that, wee bit of outdoors, wee bit of the uh, fresh air. Uh, keep, we're, we're keeping busy so far. Okay, good to hear it. Got to keep body and mind healthy during these difficult times. Let's speak to Malcolm in Mary Hill. Hi, Malcolm. Hi there, how you doing? Not too bad at all, Malcolm. How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Listen, thanks for keeping the show going. You're keeping a lot of insane people sane at the moment. <laughs> trying our best, Malcolm. Trying our best. Thanks, what sir. have you got for us tonight? Mm. Well, there's a couple of thinking. You talked about one of them. There's a club one and a country one, actually. In fact, it's two country ones. The the Italy game. I've listened to the show for years, 20-odd years or longer than that. I've never even felt compelled to, to call up, but I'm still angry about it. That's why I decided to phone up. That Italy thing. That is the worst decision anybody's ever seen in the history of football. That, is a, that was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. People were in tears about that for for months. The best part of it is, though, I've got a mate, he's got an Italian restaurant in Glasgow. I used to go and eat at least once every week. He didn't charge me. I didn't go for three years after <laughs> Three years Three years I didn't go <laughs> Just resented everything about Italy Never ate pasta again Yeah Well Just... that was on the TV the other night actually There was a show on about that I think McLeese got a, uh, a phone call or something didn't he For some anonymous Italian journalist saying that Everyone in Italy was saying that UEFA simply wouldn't let One of the major European powers not go to the yeah, I think not go to the final. Malcolm. I think France were in a precarious position as well at that time as well, or something. And Malcolm's right, Roger. It. Is that is that not the way? That's the way the story goes. Certainly, because we were in the group with Italy and France, and and there is a claim that that someone suggested. Oh come on, you don't think they were going to have a Euros without Italy or France, do you? Yeah, yeah, well, we were in a group with Italy, France and Ukraine who had been three of the eight quarter finalists at uh, the World Cup finals in 2006 so that tells you the scale of the task that Alec McLeish's team faced and we came so close that, that infuriating day a Saturday night at Hamden as Malcolm talks about the injustice against Alan Hunt and the goal by Christian Panucci and of course Big Alec tells his story subsequently that an Italian journalist called him and alleged that people at UEFA didn't want Scotland at the finals. Finals were going to be Central European. They were split between Switzerland and Austria in 2008. They wanted Italy there. They wanted France there. They got Italy and France there. What was the club one, Malcolm? It was this, oh, the other national one, is, of course, I don't know if you mentioned it, Kane's equaliser on the 2-2 game. Oh, wasn't a defeat, but mm. uh, that was a kicker. That was horrible. <laughs> that was, club one, um, a Rangers fan, I remember, going for 10 in a row. 
and uh, the game that sticks out for me, the sorest one, I still remember, I think we got beat 1-0 by Kilmarnock at Ibrox. And we know two or three games left in the season. Roger might remember the details of it. I mean, yeah, it was a penultimate game. Ali Mitchell scored late on for Kilmarnock. That swung the Ali whole Mitchell. thing back in Celtic's favour. But we just knew, the Rangers fans knew that was coming because the team was dying. That team was just literally running out of steam and you could see it in every game. Gascoigne was away and it just it was, it was collapsing the further the season went on and you knew it was going to happen. And that game stands out. You think, oh, you should win your home game against Motherwell, against Kilmarnock. And it just stands out as the game that, that killed 10 in a row. Roger Gordon's so happy that you're oh. here because see when someone says you know references a game from twenty thirty years ago, and they they look for some of the details to be filled in. You should just mm. see the terror on his face. Yeah. He can't remember what he had for breakfast, and then a big smile appears when you when you fill in the blanks. Well, a lot a lot of the time these games are games he played in, Gordon, and he still can't remember <laughs> anything about them. So if there are games he didn't play in, he's absolutely no chance. But but Malcolm is right. I think it was a penultimate Saturday of the season. Rangers were at home to Kilmarnock. Ali Mitchell scored very, very late. It looked as if it was going to peter out 0-0. Ali Mitchell won it. It handed Celtic the initiative. Celtic, I think, actually dropped points on the Sunday. I think they were maybe away at Dunfermline. Craig Falkenbridge scored for Dunfermline. Celtic scored. It was a 1-1 draw. And that was enough to give Celtic just the lead going into that final what? Saturday. They sought out home to St. Johnson. The Rangers won against Indy United at Tannadice, but it wasn't enough. And Celtic ended it. Roger, the hopes see, of 10 see, in a row. sees your wife walking by you, shaking her head. What do you think she's actually thinking there? <laughs> well, what would you think she's thinking? When am I making the dinner? <laughs> uh, Malcolm, forgive me, just to take you back a couple of minutes. Did you say that you've listened for you know years and this is the first time that you've been compelled to phone in? I remember listening to Clay commentary with Richard Parks and all that. All that stuff I'd like to hear some of that Old vintage stuff Malcolm you know, I'm going to I'm going to use you As an example And see to everyone I speak to at the moment That says Brilliant. Why Super Scoreboard Still on at the moment What, what are you going to talk about I'm going to tell them About Malcolm and Mary Hill Who's never phoned in before And this week of all weeks When he there's no football in. He phones in for the first time That's why we're here Malcolm You've summed it up You've got it in a nutshell That was Malcolm And Mary Hill Thank you so much For getting in touch tonight We'll hopefully hear from you again Malcolm Hopefully we've not put you off For life no, thanks a lot, Magic. I'll definitely maybe not wait 30 years till I phone again. <laughs> Good man. 30 days. We'll speak to you soon. That was Malcolm in Mary Hill. Right, Eric Duff has sent this question in tonight and he says, can you name the last 10 players to win Motherwell's Player of the Year awards, their own award, mm-hmm. and have also played for either Rangers or Celtic? You've got Scott McDonald, Paul Lambert, Phil O'Donnell, Tom Boyd, and I'm gutted to say you've already got <sighs> Fraser Wisher. What, what about Lee McCulloch? No, Roger, I'll take one from you. Um, I'll give you two okay. And of two who have been mentioned in the show already Davy Cooper? No Bobby Russell? And no. Andy Walker? None of them We have five down five to get We'll get them next And Stephen is also coming up on the line Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com we're on the home straight in tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna has broadcast ever so professionally from his living room. He's not upset the family too much. Dinner must be almost on the way by now, Roger, though. 
Um, I don't really know. I've been isolated in here since just before six o'clock. I've absolutely no idea what's happening in the rest of the house. I, I, I built like the rest of the day, really, Gordon. Yeah, best place for you, I would suggest. Gordon DL, you are in the studio with me. Unlucky for you. Uh, the question on tonight's teaser is this. A big thank you to Eric Duff, by the way, for sending it in full time at Clyde1.com. If you're struggling for... Something to do at the moment Make a question up Send it in to us And we'll try and read it out On the show So he says Can you name the last 10 players To win Motherwell's Player of the Year award And have also played For Rangers Or Celtic You've got Tom Boyd Fraser Wishart's Phil O'Donnell Paul Lambert And Scott McDonald I must say Some good attempts Coming in On Twitter For this one Scott Liddle Has got one of the Tough ones That you're still looking for uh, Colin Moffat Has thrown in three What you would say Very good guesses But none of them are right, so they can't be that good, but you know, close enough from Colin. Uh, educated guesses. What have you two got for me? I've got one. I always said they're a goalkeeper, Ali Maxwell. Yes, boom. Come on, Roger. What about another goalie? What about Andy Gorham? No, uh, I shouted him. I, I went for uh, an older goalie, John Spencer. No, mm. what about Bobby Russell? No, I went for him, Roger. You're obviously not. Just trying to think back to big motherboard teams. Craig Patterson. Yes. Great shout. Okay, three to get, plenty of time to get them. So we will leave it there. Let's speak to Stephen in East Ayrshire. Hi, Stephen. Hello, Gordon. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you? I'm fine, fine. Just finished making the dinner, listening to your show. All right, what did you make? Come on, Gordon and I are starving here. Yeah. My daughter was going on for burgers and chips and Just a council dinner. But you, but you can't go wrong with that, Gordon. Oh, beautiful. Is that is that inspired you? What's yeah, what's yeah. On, what's in Casa DL this evening? Uh, boiled ham, uh, nice potato salad, and a pineapple on my boiled ham. Right, okay. That sounds okay. Ah, it's not bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. I'd still go for Stephen's burgers if I'm being honest. But yeah, so would that. But unfortunately, I've got um, to make them. Each, each to their own. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, uh, we've been asking tonight. What's that? You know that defeat that still really annoys you um, It's 10 years to the day since Celtic Lost 4-0 at St Mirren Have you got one that springs to mind? Uh, I've got two actually But the most important one was the Partizan Brilgade game of 5-4 game Where we could knock to Europe but actually won it And Ivan Golax I think was the manager That's right, yeah went on to manage Dundee United That, I mean Roger for, that, that could be the answer to a number of topics on the show it's, it's the defeat that, or well it's not a defeat but you know it's the, the outcome that annoys Stephen but if you're talking about sort of memorable games or high scoring games I mean it fits it fits the bill on quite a few of those that one Yeah it wasn't a defeat but as Stephen says it felt like a defeat 5-4 Jackie Jackanowski got four goals I think that night for Celtic and ended up still on the losing tide there was, there was actually comparisons drawn earlier in the season when Celtic went out of the Champions League qualifiers to Cluj you know, such a high-scoring game at Celtic Park and, and, you know, such an exciting game, but you can't take any excitement or take anything from it because, because ultimately you get knocked out of the competition. But the, the 5-4 one was just a crazy night. I think you're right, I think Golak was in charge. Gordon Petrich not play at the back for Partizan, I think, round about that time, long before he was ever at Rangers or the United at Hearts. And Jackanovsky, of course, famously, four goals, knocked out. Um I wasn't even born, Stephen. I was nearly born, if that helps. What was it, six all on aggregate Celtic going out on away goals? Is that the you know, I, I was that disappointed, I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I right. Think I, think <laughs> um, uh, I remember for years I had it recorded, but I kept watching it over and over again. Hopefully, that last goal of yours didn't go in. <laughs> well, 
Funnily <laughs> enough Right I was just waiting on The page loading there Because I thought I want to find out a bit more About this game mm-hmm. And it's just popped up Literally as Stephen said About the, the scorer Of a decisive goal Who apparently According to this page That just popped up The first Google search On Celtic Wiki Roger You an idea Who the son of that Goal scorer was The son of the scorer Of Partizan's final goal Yes No Go for it Stefan Skepovic <laughs> There we go Of course A blast from the past But it wasn't seen too often An unsuccessful spell mm. uh, Like I say According to the Celtic Wiki I have no reason to believe That that would be anything other than Bang on the money So there we go Stefan Skepovic You can note that one down um, Stephen if you, you said you had recorded it For, for, for a long time Do you ever have the, the bravery to watch it back Or was it the type of thing That just you, you couldn't put yourself through it again well, I did watch it, as I said. I watched that maybe about 50 times, hoping oh, that right. last okay. goal there did go in. And I think it was Paul Elliott who said to it and stopped Packy Bonner actually saving it. It just went about an inch over his fingertips. I see Gordon back in the days before Sky mm, Plus, flash. before you were able just to, you know, that would have been on, on tape. Stephen taped it, watched it 50 times, hoping for a different outcome. Yeah, I remember Jack Anoski with the four goals. What a terrific... Talent he was, but I can't. That's it. That's all you've got. That's, that's all, all you remember got, from yeah, it. Yeah, because he was quite a stylish centre forward. Can I just say that I, I quite liked him and uh, good goal scorer. So apart from that, I don't know who the referee or anything. Or uh, I'm not going to ask you who the ref was. Don't no, worry. I don't know anything like. That. I'll leave that one up to Roger. No, but I think that, I mean that looks right. I'm now looking at the newspaper clipping, um, penned by none other than Emmanuel Noel, Roger Bailey. Roger Hanna Yes indeed A man who turned 80 Just last week A doyen of Scottish <laughs> sports writers And uh, score Skepovic goal 88 minutes on the clock So there we go I think we're right Thank you very much Stephen In East Ayrshire Giving us his memories On that one I think we'll leave it there We've got a couple of minutes left uh, But I don't want to just Shoehorn um, Someone else in and, and have to cut them off As we Approach the end uh, Roger Just to Since we are drawn to a close What is the current situation like for for you for newspapers people keep asking me how, how are you going to what are you going to talk about on Clyde One Super Scoreboard and you know what Touchwood so far it's actually been a joy it's been a real relief from all the madness that's going on it's been great to hear all the different memories and talk about things that we maybe wouldn't otherwise have the chance to do what's it like trying to fill a newspaper in these times well, it's it's been odd so far because there's no live sport, as you know. There's not even any live horse racing in the UK, nothing at all. But there have been so many stories since the close down and um, the financial implications for football clubs, um, the sporting implications for football clubs. We still don't know how this season is going to finish, if it's going to finish. Um, if it doesn't finish, Gordon, how will the season be ended by the league? Will it be declared null and void? Will Celtic be declared champions? Will Hearts be relegated? Will Dundee United be promoted? So there are all those aspects still being debated. Um, As you know, as we said, the financial implications, look at Hearts asking staff and players to take a 50% pay cut. Other clubs will follow suit. Fraser Wisher, who we've spoken about at the centre of this, trying to defend the rights of his members, the footballers. Um, So there are so many stories to fill the newspapers, um, to fill the TV stations, the radio stations, even though at the minute we don't have any live sport. 
Yep, that's the power of football We don't need mm. live stuff to keep us going So um, let's round off tonight's teaser Where we've got the chance We're looking for the last 10 players to win Motherwell's Player of the Year award And I've also played for Rangers or Celtic Tom Boyd, Fraser Wishart, Craig Patterson Ali Maxwell, Phil O'Donnell Paul Lambert, Scott McDonald Three to get uh, Steve McManus? No oh. What no. about Tommy Coyne? Tommy Coyne Yes Is indeed one of them And did you know he signed for Celtic on this day in 1989. Oh, so there we well go. done, Roger. Tied everything together. Two, Tommy Coyne, two, two to get. get. Yep. We're going back to the 70s here. No. 70s. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned earlier on the show Peter McCloy. that I originate nope. from Girvan. It's not the Girvan Lighthouse. It's I'm not Peter McCloy, is it? Do you know what? He would be 11th on the list and we're only looking for the last 10. Oh. So oh. You're, you're extremely close, but it's not. Bobby McKean. Nope. Um... So 1978 He won Motherwell's Player of the Year 1978 Who was playing with Motherwell In 1978 Wasn't Bobby Watson um, in a Tom Hugh, No in a Hugh Keevan style I think we'll just round it off With the initials He's, he's always inspired right, me to, okay. to do it this way G.S. Gregor Stevens Yep And the last one Actually won it twice Won it with for Motherwell In 71 and 75 And the initials B.W. Bobby Watson mm-hmm. I had said Bobby Watson Five minutes ago Did you? Yeah That's fine I'll just keep me on your toes I don't think you did but I did well, honestly fine. Well you've got it there That's thank all you. Uh, Roger thank you very much We'll speak to you next week Yes all the very best boys Stay uh, safe Safe journey home Roger See that, that delay Was getting longer there Right yeah. on time Right for the end of the show Thank you to Roger Thank you to Gordon Diel uh, But most of all Thank you to you Thank you for joining us I appreciate these are very difficult, very uncertain times for everyone, but we're going to stay here as long as possible and just try and bring a bit of normality back to your day. So we'd love it if you would join us going forward. We're going to be here at six o'clock tomorrow with Mark Guidi and Jim Duffy. And Callum Gallagher is up next. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.